Support for this podcast comes from CooperVision Specialty Eye Care. CooperVision Specialty Eye Care is proud to be developing, manufacturing, and improving worldwide access to industry-leading specialty lens designs. Its innovative products and services play a major role in expanding care for myopia, irregular cornea, and presbyopia management. Brands include Blanchard, GP Specialist, Number 7 Contact Lenses, Paragon, Procornea, and Soflex. Learn more at coopervisionspecialtyeyecare.com. The Globalized Podcast is brought to you by Coopervision Specialty Eye Care. The presenters are paid consultants. Hello, this is Melissa Barnett, Principal Optometrist at UC Davis Eye Center. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Global Eyes Podcast Series. Today, we're pleased to have Afe Vanderwerp, who is an educator and researcher. He runs his own research and education consultancy, Eye Contact Lens, which is based in Amsterdam. Thanks for joining us, Afe. Thank you for having me. I'm thank you to you and the sponsors. I'm I'm thrilled. I've I've seen the lineup of previous ones, and uh, I'm humbled to be a part of this, uh, Melissa and Tom. Well, we're thrilled to have you here. So, for those who don't know you, please tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became interested in contact lens research. Oh, that's a, that's a long journey, but I'll keep it short. Um, it, it, well. It starts with one of your previous episodes, um, the Visser, Simone Vissers, you, uh, you've interviewed for uh, the Global Eyes in the past, right? And uh, yes. well, for a small country, it's amazing that you have two actually from the Netherlands in your lineup of people. But um, well, my interest in scleral lenses uh, started with visiting uh, the Vissers uh, at that practice in, uh, in Nijmegen. I always went there with the students and every time we would put in their lenses in their students' eye. Every single year, they were amazed how comfortable these lenses were. And uh, they were used to rigid, gas permeable corneal lenses. It's still very popular in the Netherlands and surely back in the day it was. And they knew the comfort of that. And then when they saw the big scleral lens, they were always, well, let's say impressed and they didn't want to go ahead with it. But every single year when they put in that lens, they thought, huh, that's actually not too bad. And that made me think like, there's gotta be somewhere, something with those uh, big scleral lenses. But uh, but uh, I have no background in, in optics or optometry at all, uh, Melissa. My dad was a farmer. So as Dutch as you can get them, <laughs> a, a dairy farmer. Do you know Gouda cheese? Have you yes. had Gouda? Well, that's, yes. that's my dad and my mom. Oh. They would make Gouda cheese. They're right in that area. It's like the area. The area is like Champagne. That's where I make the bubbles, right? And the Gouda area is an area in, in the Netherlands where they make uh, that kind of cheese. And uh, no, I, I was, a, I was a first a, 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 a myope and later a comic lens wearer. And just walking into the local optician made me think, huh. This sounds like an interesting uh, profession. And I, I actually became an optician, and I promise to keep it short, and I will. But optician is a different school here. And then after uh, optician, I became an optometrist. And then then I only started to get interest in uh, in research after I started teaching. So it's, it's, been a, it's been a journey, but a very nice one. Wow, that's amazing. That's what I love about Globalize. I always learn something new. And I just learned like three new things about you, and I've known you for years. That's incredible. Yeah, I love Gouda, I love Gouda cheese, especially the smoked Gouda. That's one of my. Oh favorite. yeah, 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, there were. I, I, it didn't happen too often. I got to be frank. But there were days where I had to help my dad and and milk some cows in the morning, early morning, wash my hands really thoroughly, and then rush off to the contact lens practice where I I started my first job, basically. So <laughs> that did happen. Wow. So you've described 1990 to 2000 as the decade of corneal topography. Will you elaborate on which technologies drove that specialty? Yeah, I mean, boy, Melissa, Tom, both, uh, and, 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 and myself and many others, of course, we've been on a journey, right? Isn't that interesting? Ten years ago, scleral lenses, well, I wouldn't say hardly existed, but there were a few in the world that really were interested in it. And uh, so I think the last decade was the uh, the decade of sclerals for sure. Actually, the 10 years for me before that was the the decade of ortho-K, when that, especially from a research perspective and a myopia perspective, that came along. And before that, and that was part of my PhD, was actually corneal GPs and corneal topography. And um, so it seems like my life and, and our profession in that sense is sort of split up in those very nice <laughs> decades. And I wonder what the next uh, decade is going to be, by the way. But uh, let's look at the last one. And uh, oh boy, well, what really triggered that? I think understanding scleral shape better for me, that if people ask me why all of a sudden scleral lenses have become so popular, because they have, let's, let's not beat around the bush. It's probably under, I mean, better materials for sure and, and many other things, surely the research into it. But understanding scleral shape better, that really triggered it. I remember back in, I think it was 2008, 2009, I was playing around with one of the OCTs that we had at Pacific University together with, with Beth Caroline. And that thing just came on the market and we were looking at, at the transition from corneal to sclera, and we couldn't find a real transition because the textbooks always tell us it's a curve, the cornea, right? And then you have this marked transition into the sclera, and we couldn't find it. And we played around with different tools, and one of the tools back in the day in the Fisanta is the one to measure the anterior chamber angle, right? The Van Herrick method, basically. And I remember, I mean, literally the moment where we thought, huh, maybe we can use that tool to uh, just move it outside, basically, on the sclera and measure angles. And that's the first time we noted a couple of things that it is angles out there. There's not a lot of curve in the periphery of the cornea and the anterior sclera. Uh, different parts of the sclera have different angles. Hence, you know, you need more tericity in the scleral lens, probably. And the more you go out there, the more you go towards the periphery, the more irregular it gets. And, well, not, not our work per se, but, you know, understanding of scleral shape in a broader sense has really helped us, hasn't it? It has. Well, that's, that's and, and you've done so much of the initial research to help us understand that. So thank you. And you continue to do a lot of research as well. That really is was an exciting finding and an eye opener for those of us fitting scleral lenses. That 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 shape when you hit the sclera really is different. Uh, than I know. Lenses. And and funny enough, Tom, um, the Vissers knew that already because 
before they had any instruments, they were already fitting uh, Torx scleral lenses. In fact, by default, they started fitting Torx lenses. And remember, their lenses are, in, back in the day, certainly, they're big, they're 20, 22 millimeter. So they picked up a lot of that asymmetry in the periphery. So by default, they started fitting Torx lenses. And I think they published a paper, I don't know, a couple of years later, um, without understanding the shape, but they already knew there's gotta be something there. And we, we picked up on that and, and we started measuring since we had that instrument. And yeah, well, believe it or not, that's exactly what we found. That's fascinating. Support for this podcast comes from CooperVision Specialty Eye Care. CooperVision Specialty Eye Care brings an unmatched portfolio of life-changing specialty lenses to ECPs across the globe. In North America, Blanchard Contact Lenses, GP Specialists, and Paragon Vision Sciences have been united for the benefit of today's eye care professionals and the patients they serve. The result is a comprehensive collection of advanced scleral, ortho-K, and RGP lens designs that are under one umbrella. All the brands you love from these legacy companies, including Paragon CRT, CRT Dual Axis, and IC Ortho-K lenses, as well as the OneFit family of scleral lenses, are now backed up by CooperVision Specialty Eye Care and the promise of continuous innovation, best-in-class service, and a refreshing perspective to solve unique and challenging vision issues with a customer-first perspective. Let CooperVision Specialty Eye Care lead you in a journey of changing patients' lives and improving practice profitability. Learn more at coopervisionspecialtyeyecare.com. Well, listen, I want to change gears here for a minute, Afe, and, and go back to the cornea. Uh, you know, and, and from 2000 to 2010, there, there was a lot of excitement around orthokeratology, which, of course, has continued and become, you know, mainstream in our profession. You were instrumental in much of that early research. So what was that journey like? Yeah, um... You know, I don't want to take credits for any of that, nor scleral, nor ortho-K. I just happened to be there at the right time. Like I said, I was doing my PhD on corneal topography and corneal GP lenses and aligning lenses better and see what that did to uh, to the comfort of lens wear. And you can improve comfort of corneal lenses a little bit, but as we all know, it, it it's at the end of the day, it's not the most comfortable lens uh, for everybody. But, um, well, and then... Tying that together, knowing a little bit about corneal topography and knowing a little bit about corneal GPs and two companies that are now actually, um, well, brought, bought, I should say, by bigger companies uh, across the pond on your end, um, they uh, they started doing ortho-K and I just happened to be there uh, on those very first steps. So I don't want to take any credit for that, Tom, but... Uh, I think it's such an exciting time in our industry, our specialty lens industry. Uh, for me, it's certainly myopia, of course, um, and, and ortho-K is part of that, and then sclerals. And then soft, I think, could be something for the next decade to look at custom-made soft, high-order aberration and control and all that. But let's not go there uh, now, maybe, <laughs> unless you want to. <laughs> Well, you know, going back, going back to um, scleral lenses for a second, you know, I like many practitioners fitting scleral lenses because I was, you know, 25 years in practice, 20 years in practice before I started. Uh, I started out by reading your book, Afe, uh, a guide to scleral lens fitting. I, I think I read it three times actually. I'm I'm kind of a slow learner, 
in 2021, the guide celebrated its 10th anniversary. Looking back, did you ever imagine that you would have such an impact on our profession? Yeah, absolutely not. Absolutely. I'll be honest with you. It's, it's just one of those things, being the right guy at the, at the right time, I guess. Um, like I said, I, 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 I was lucky to work with the Fizzler and see what they were doing. And, um, well, I was living in the U.S. at that time. Uh, my wife worked for the World Bank, and I just basically followed her. And I started working with different universities in the U.S. and different companies in the U.S., and we started doing roadshows on the irregular cornea and more and more sclerolenses, well, popped up as an, as an option. And so I thought, but there was nothing, Tom. Like you said, there was absolutely nothing. So I thought we need something. And uh, it's probably not going to be the best thing ever, but let me write something up. So I basically what I did, I just talked to all the sclerolens experts in the world pretty much and uh, literally all over the world from Perth in Australia he's been on your podcast hasn't he and um, Don Ezekiel to Belgium to the UK Ken Pelham of course and then of course um, the US with, with Barry Rosenthal's and, uh, and, and many others so just talking to them but they all had different views and uh, I hope you don't mind me saying they all had a little bit of an ego their own little thing of the way of doing things so it was for me the only thing i had to do is line them up pretty much and say okay i literally said to some of them but there's got to be some common ground between what you do in australia with what you do in um well in, in the uk or wherever and at the end of the day that's the guide the sclerolens guide which came out in 2011 was literally that it was just a summary of well we could find common ground and well rest is history. <laughs> it was amazing that you're able to get all of those visionaries together to create the guide that has helped us much. And I was very happy to be able to celebrate that at the ICS, uh, uh, at your meeting, <laughs> ICSC <laughs> meeting uh, in Fort Lauderdale, uh, which was a bit tricky, of course, with uh, all the regulations and the COVID uh, restrictions. But we were able to, to celebrate that anniversary. So I was happy to be able to come over and do that. And it was so wonderful to meet your family and your kids as well. That was so special. So Eve, what does the next decade hold? What are challenges that specialty lens practitioners need to master? And you're talking broader, broader Just sense, anything. right? Not, not oh, specifically sure. squirrels. Okay. Yeah, I think for squirrels, there's, there's, there's a couple of smaller things that we can um, can do and we can upgrade from but in a broader sense i think um, myopia really has a, a lot of future and we're, i think we're just scratching the surface right now with understanding what we're doing and um, especially if you look at the work from the people at queensland university uh, in houston pete kolbaum and his colleagues and uh, and some others um Every eye is different, and even within one eye, between a kid that is really young into elementary school kids, into teens, the aberration is different. And then with pupil size, the aberration is different. And if we can incorporate somehow all of that into our newer designs, because let's face it, right now we've been just piggybacking 
on an orthocalens design that happened to work, right? Nobody really designed it that way. And well, the orthocalens designs that we're going to see in the near future, I think are going to be better. And also the soft lens designs, again, it's all based on what we know from our current lenses, but um, there's a whole new world out there. Um, so I think uh, the future in that regard for myopia, but especially when it comes to customizing lenses, looks very bright very bright and uh, that comes to myopia and soft lenses in general i think we're we only started to understand what we actually do when we fit soft lenses how these lenses sort of drape on the eye how much flexing there is or bending or whatever you want to call it and what's that what that does to the optics of um, of the lens and then applying front surface uh, optics to that so uh yeah I'm really excited about all that. And then on the back surface, I think artificial intelligence is really gonna help us, you know, if you upload your topography into a system where there are tens of thousands of eyes, that system should be able to tell you directly and immediately, why did you try this lens? Why did you try that lens? So for Orthoke, for instance, in my country here in the Netherlands, my gut feeling is that 90% of lenses are fitted based on topography. Uh, you just upload your um, your topography to the uh, to the manufacturer, and they make a lens for you. And uh, I think with corneal lenses, it's probably close to 80%. So I think that's uh, that's the future right there. Well, the future is really exciting. There are so many different technologies. I would uh, throw in drug delivery there too, because I think it's such an exciting time for drug delivery contact lenses. Mm -hmm. So, you, you know, Wave, we can chat for this for hours I and know. hours. How many hours do we have? So much excitement out there. True. So the question that we like to ask on Globalize, and we're gonna ask it again to you, if there was anywhere in the world that you could travel, where would you go? Hmm. Well, right now, any place would do. I'm going to say Vegas. If I'm going to make it to our Global Specialty Lens Symposium, uh, which is supposed to happen soon, I'm going to be a very uh, happy man. And uh, it's been a couple of years, apart from your meeting, actually, but um, it's been a couple of years since we had a, uh, a, a decent meeting. Uh, so it would be really nice to catch up with friends uh, in Las Vegas. So there are many other places that I would love to go to, but um, let, me, let me say Vegas for this one. Well, we will welcome you with open arms and uh, sneak, sneak some of that good cheese in your luggage. Eh? I'd love to share a little oh, well. wine. So you bring the cheese, I'll get the wine. There you go. Deal. <laughs> Done deal. Well, Leif, it's been such a pleasure talking to you today, and thank you so much for being here. And thanks to our listeners for joining today's podcast. We hope you'll tune back in for future episodes of The Globalize with Melissa Barnett and Tom Arnold podcast series.